It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Okay, good question. When you travel, and I know it's been a minute. We haven't gone anywhere in a while. (laughs) It's been a bit. So think back. When you travel, you get your hotel little credit card thingy. You unlock the door. You go into your room. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you unpack your suitcase or do you live out of the suitcase? Let's use as an example, week vacation in the Caribbean. Let's say you're in Punta Cana. Do you unpack or do do you just leave the suitcase there and pull stuff out as you need it? For a week, I always unpack. Yeah. For a week, absolutely. I will use those drawers that I don't think many people use. I will hang up the clothes that I want to make sure stay wrinkle free. Um, Yeah, absolutely. 51% say no. They live out of their suitcase the whole time that they're away. 33% say they unpack and hang stuff up or put it in the dresser. Only 11% say they never travel. 5% were confused and answered, I don't know. Yeah, surveys are hard sometimes. I get it. I totally understand. (laughs) Do you unpack your suitcase? I don't know. I I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know if I do or not. I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing and upset you. <laughs> but let's go back know. to that Too much for pressure. a sec. <laughs> you, if you're gone for a week, probably have ample time to unpack and live out of that suitcase. Right? Sure. Yeah. What if you're gone for maybe the weekend? Let's right. say you fly to New York City for a bachelorette. You unpacking that suitcase and using the drawers? No, I don't. I wouldn't. Drawers would be out if it was a weekend, but hangers would still be used. Hangers only. That's it. And shoe display. That's it. Done. All the stuff shoe basically to display. go. Yeah, to, to go out, to match the oh. outfits. Mm. You have to see it. You have to have a visual. You can't just have it in your suitcase if you're going out and you need an outfit to go out with. See, I think I'm doing it backwards then because my typical go-to is when I get to a hotel, my suit or anything I happen to have packed that's formal or that I don't want to iron, that all gets hung up. But I do basically just live out of the suitcase. My problem is where to put the dirty clothes. After they've been worn, I fold those up and put them in the drawer. And then I pack when I'm ready to leave again. I guess I probably should do it the other way around, right? That makes no sense at all. You do it backwards for sure. So you fold it up after you've worn it and you put it in a drawer. Yes. And what is the purpose of that? Just to obviously keep your clean clothes away from your worn clothes. Yeah, I can't have that kind of cross-contamination between clean clothes and dirty clothes. You don't do the bag? You don't just have a bag in there. It's your laundry bag and you put the stuff in the laundry bag. I've done that before where I've got the laundry bag. Never done that. Hmm. And and here at home, I have a laundry basket, which no hotel that I've ever stayed in has. So I find it's just easier to do it that way Hmm. rather than unpack and then fill up the suitcase with dirty clothes. Okay, it's just sort of my process and it works for me. You know, whatever works, you know, it's amazing how many people don't unpack, though. I'm surprised to hear that you do. And also not surprised at the same time. I get how organized you are, but you seem like the type that might not even go into the hotel room. You'll just sort of like wheel the suitcase across the room and start heading right for the beach. See you later. (laughs) I already have my bikini underneath. (laughs) Woo! Let's do this. Let me ask you a question. In the history of telling someone to calm down, has anyone ever (laughs) calmed down? It works 0.000% of the time. Don't tell somebody to calm down. That's like throwing gas on the fire when they're worked up and heated. You got to let it work out. Telling someone to calm down has never made somebody say, oh, yeah, you're right. I'll just. Oh, yeah, I got to cool my jets. (laughs) Thursday, 34-year-old woman 
at the Extended Stay Deluxe Hotel in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, here we go. It's from Florida, everyone. This is going to be good. Grab your popcorn. She got into an argument with the front desk clerk at the hotel. See, she was led to believe that there would be a free complimentary breakfast waiting in the lobby in the morning. Mm -hmm. The problem is, in a pandemic, they can't just put out those breakfast buffets at hotels anymore. So she lost it. She was freaking out that there was no complimentary breakfast like she thought there would be. Guy in line behind her said, hey, calm down. Oh, Relax. Oh no! Especially when you do. It's it's one thing if you know the person and you figure their rea- what their reaction might be, but this is a stranger telling her to calm down. Oh yep. no! Just the guy behind her in line oh, told no. her to calm down. No. So she turned around. Deadpan look on her face said, "I will kill you." Whoa! Whoa! Somebody get that girl a muffin stat. Then she went outside the hotel jumped in his pickup truck, which was waiting out front, and drove it right into the pond in front of the hotel. (laughs) That escalated quickly. Over a crappy cup of coffee and like a cookie or something? Oh, those hotel breakfasts are awful. They're not even good. No. Real hard eggs. Little bit of uh, uh, some sort of meat. I don't know. Is it bacon? Is it sausage? We don't know what it is. Some muffins, some stale pastries. You don't even want it, guys. Oh, you're no. you're way better off. Just go to a restaurant near your hotel. When police arrived, the vehicle was almost fully submerged. They did take the woman into custody for theft of a motor vehicle, criminal mischief, battery, assault, and aggravated battery. The good news is... In jail, they do offer a complimentary breakfast. You get one every single day. So she won. She won in the end. <laughs> uh, kinda. She got her breakfast. <laughs> kinda. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, calm down. Don't calm you down. tell me to calm down. Can you tell me there's a mugshot, please? Uh, I don't have it yet, oh, we'll but find it should it. be coming soon. All right. You know me. I love those. And you can almost picture what she yep. looks like, right? Yep. That is taking hangry to the next level. Do you think that you have an attractive booty? <laughs> like an eye-turning or head-turning booty? Oh, my gosh. Like, well, when you compare it to, like, um, some people in music videos, then no. <laughs> it all depends. It all depends what kind of booty you like. Oh, there's a different booty for every person. Some people sure. like big. Some people like little. Sure. That sort of, uh, the beauty we, of the booty. We <laughs> we all understand the booty and the attraction. I actually kind of like this. There's a model out of Miami that decided as a social experiment, she was going to stick a phone camera in her back pocket and film to see how many people were checking out her booty. That's great. <laughs> she posted the video on her Facebook and on her Instagram, yeah. and it's crazy how many people instantly right down to the Yeah. Bottom. And by the way, we notice, especially like uh, guys, guys, it's not, you, you think you're being subtle, but you're not. Women notice that all the time. Well, some of these guys, Kat, are awful. Like one guy almost broke his neck. He was just smiles as he walked past her. And then as soon as she was behind, boom, turn around. Let's check out that butt. Yeah. 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 Some people are not subtle, but some people don't care to be subtle. No, and I mean, (laughs) other people see you doing that.
if you're gonna check out the booty, it's just gotta be a subtle little look down. Yeah, okay, great. And then keep going. And you know what? Girls do it to guys too. Not nearly as often, but there are some circumstances yeah. where they do. No, you're not wrong, Scott. You're not wrong. It goes both ways in some cases. Sure. But mm-hmm. don't be creepy about it. Like, this guy did like a full 180 to check out that butt hey. as soon as she was behind him. What are you doing? Oh, how are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I'm fine. My butt? Yeah, you judge for yourself. Uh, neat little experiment. I'd kind of like to do that myself. I want to see how many girls are checking out my butt. <laughs> You should do it. You should do it, and then you should post it. <laughs> when absolutely zero people look, I'll be like, oh. Or they'll I be suck. like, why does that guy in Longos keep dropping things on the floor and picking it up? <laughs> you got butterfingers? You weirdo. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about food. Survey finds there are certain foods that we used to hate when we were kids. But we actually like them now that we're adults. Kind of like beer. You know how you used to hate beer the first time you had it? (laughs) Sure. And now it's like an addictive drug? (laughs) Is that just me? Okay, I was saying too much. You know what's similar about wine? I was feeling everything you were saying. I was was feeling all those vibes you were throwing out about wine. Mm Mm-hmm. The number one thing that we hated as a kid, but we love now, asparagus. Mm. 31% hated it when they were younger. Now they love it. I actually do love asparagus. There's so many different ways to do it. That's exactly the best part about foods like that. Foods like asparagus. Because there are so many different ways. It's quite possible, maybe growing up, you only got it served to you one way. You know? Like boiled or something. Same old way every time. Mom, why don't you try grilling it? it, Why don't you grill it? (laughs) I don't suggest that you talk that way to your parents, but at the same time, maybe they needed to mix it up and try something different too. It's quite possible the kid just hated it no matter what before they even tried it because that's what kids tend to do. No, I don't like that. You've never even tried it in your life. How do you not know you like it? There is a lot of greens on the list. Brussels sprouts was number two. Yeah, little mini cabbages. No, thank you, mom. Why can't we have Kraft Dinner tonight? Why? Just tell me. Why do we have to have Brussels sprouts? Why do we have to have Brussels sprouts with hot dogs? I don't understand. (laughs) What a weird mix. Um, Well, (laughs) parents got to do what they got to do to get you to eat those greens. Sometimes you make deals. (laughs) Uh, Broccoli was number three. Spinach was number four. Green beans was number five. Fish was number six. Mm, Yeah, there's a, a big chunk of my Friday night life when I was younger, when mom tried to get me to eat fish, and I said, no, thank you. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Who's running this restaurant Not even like a fish stick? You wouldn't touch a fish stick? I didn't even like fish sticks, Kat. It was the taste of fish. Now, I love it. I'd eat it every day. Avocado, number seven. I didn't eat a lot of avocado when I was younger. Me either. Me either. Uh, we did not have it a lot in my in my house, but I eat it all the time now. It's a superfood. Eggs is number eight. Yeah, that's a real hit and miss thing, right? There's some yeah. kids that absolutely hate eggs, and right. that's why we do all kinds of fun things to them, like oh, I cut a hole in the toast, or donkey eggs, as we call them. My house. This is the donkey eggs. You like those ones? Cut the toast into little soldiers oh, and dip them. Yeah. They're eyeballs. <laughs> Greek yogurt and bacon. Really? Are there kids that don't like bacon? Yeah. 
You might be surprised. It depends, though. You know, every kids go through phases. Kids go through phases. My oldest would eat anything and everything. She's only three, that said. She's only three. But up until now, like, she won't eat chicken nuggets. She doesn't like chicken nuggets. What kid really? doesn't like chicken nuggets? Oh, I can't get her to eat anything like that. But she loves vegetables. She, We have to cut her off of Brussels sprouts and broccoli and all that stuff. So I can't complain. She loves hummus and peppers. That's one of her favorite snacks. And that's great. So I'm not complaining fully. But the girl won't eat chicken nuggets. There's just a few more on the list. Whole wheat bread. Yeah. Why would we eat whole wheat when there's white right there, mom? It's Uh-oh. wonder. It's amazing. Why don't we just have that? Just don't give them that option. Cottage cheese. Mustard. Mm. And, and I'll quote this one because it made me laugh. Uh-huh. Any type of chicken that wasn't a chicken nugget. <laughs> I yeah, love it. Honestly. You know what people say, right? Hey, you're here in person. You don't need to have your phone in your hand. You don't need to film everything. Put your phone down. We're watching the, the Jays game. Put it down. Or, hey, this is a concert. Stop looking at it through your little screen and enjoy it here <laughs> yes. in person. Yes. We've all heard that. Yes. Rutgers University did a study and they found staring at your phone during events makes you enjoy them more, not less. They included people who did and didn't use their phones during things like holiday parties, bus tours, the Super Bowl, watching a movie, that sort of thing. They found that people who were on their phones felt more immersed and engaged and had more fun than people who simply sat there and watched with their eyes. Huh. There's a catch, though. Okay. They say, use your phone to engage in that specific event, like posting it on social media or taking pictures. Don't use it just to zone out. Let's say you're at a, I don't know, a Taylor Swift concert and she's doing something from the new album and you don't like it. That's not the time to just start scrolling through your phone. But... If you're using your phone to take pictures or Instagram some video, that actually makes you enjoy it more. That's the excuse I'm going to run with from now on. Because I'm the person who will pick up my phone and get sucked into it. And then everybody has to tell me, hey, put your phone down. Are you actually recording things, though, and trying to keep those memories in your phone? Or are you, like, kind of scrolling around doing other things while you're in the middle of the show? part of it, I'm taking a picture. But it's really as simple as picture. Okay, great. Let me check my feed here. (laughs) What are people saying about that photo I just took? Did I get a text? How many likes did it get? (laughs) That's the sort of stuff that you shouldn't be doing. But if you're using it to engage in the event... They say have at it. It's probably going to make it more enjoyable for you. Okay. And then you don't have to listen to your friends yell at you all the time. Put your phone down. Live in the moment, Stacey. Come on. Live in the moment. Be present. Yes. Yes. Be present. Be present. Um, (laughs) I'm guilty of it both ways. I've been (laughs) the one on my phone and I've been the one telling people, put your phone down. No, me too. Me too. I'm always like, look at that person. They've been on their phone all night. Let me take another photo of that. (laughs) (laughs) Can I add one to this though? Yeah, go for it. Before you start snapping and posting away everything from that event you're at, you might want to ask yourself, is this something I should be posting? It's all well and good that you are... uh, at a friend's house and, and and you're doing pottery or making your own wine or whatever a picture a quick video sure the entire three-hour event none of no, your friends want to see nobody that. wants to see a three-hour pottery class on nobody facebook wants okay to see it.
No. I'm sure you're having a blast, but nobody wants to see the whole thing. Just send it directly to your aunt. Maybe. <laughs> that's Because that's a maybe. Okay? <laughs> Everything else, no. Different people handle breakups differently. Mm-hmm. There's some who just want to go away on a vacation and clear their head. Some people... They want to celebrate the fact that they got out of that relationship. Some people get a little crazy. (laughs) You're being nice by saying a little crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being as nice as I can. A British woman is in a lot of trouble. In fact, she's facing charges now. Her name is Philippa. She's 45 years old. First thing she did. This is where... It started to go downhill. The slippery slope. She hacked into his Facebook account Mm -hmm. and uploaded nude pictures of him to his account. Uh Uh-oh. So that's a no-no. I mean, most of the world has revenge porn laws. You can't upload photos without someone's consent, especially nude ones. Can't do it. But then she got super creative. She knew that he had moved on. So, he hacked into, sorry, she hacked into his Alexa. She spoke through the Alexa to his new girlfriend, telling her to get out and take her stuff with her. Oh my goodness. Then she also started playing with the lights to make it seem like the house was haunted. (laughs) Wow. There's no shortage of people listening right now that got into a relationship that was good, but their ex is a lunatic and it's almost not even worth dating that person because their ex is such a lunatic. You know, I've seen those horror movies before where the walls start to talk to you, tell you to get out. The Alexa, though, this is a whole new level of horror film. Right? The ex-girlfriend, get out. She has been released on bail on the condition that she have no more contact with her ex. But she will have to face all the charges she's facing soon. And can I say that as deplorable as all of this is, she clearly didn't handle it right. But when she gets out of jail, I think we should talk to her about the availability in the IT department. Because it's not just anybody that can hack into an Alexa and start doing stuff like that. That's a pretty smart woman, right? That's She's got to use those powers for good, not evil. Yeah, exactly, right? It's creative, but maybe, ch- you're right, channel it. Channel it Channel it elsewhere. Move <laughs> along. Okay? Hacked into his Alexa so she could tell the new girlfriend, you, get your stuff and get out of here. Scram, beat it. Here, watch, the lights are flicking. It's last call. Get out. <laughs> Like, that's amazing. Wow. You gotta How do be, you even come up with that? You got to be super bitter to continue on with that. Reading a really good article right now. This will be helpful for anyone who is in the process of applying for a job. It's the signs that your job interview went well. Job interviews suck. They're nerve wracking. Sure. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. That's the other thing. So here's the five signs that the interview went well. Number one. When it felt like a conversation, not an interrogation. They say the more natural it feels, the better. Mm -hmm. And if it felt comfortable, then they probably felt comfortable as well. And that goes a long way. Sure. Number two, 
They stopped asking questions and started trying to sell you on the job, meaning they liked what they saw and they wanted to make sure they got you as an employee. See, that's always a good feeling when they're starting to ask like, oh, is there anything we can do for you? How many questions do you have? Tell us, tell us whatever you need to know. We're willing to help you. This is important too. When they started introducing you to people or giving you a tour of the office. Yes, that's a great sign. That's a great sign. They're not going to waste their time if they're not going to hire you. They talked about next steps. Things like uh, when you'd be able to start or getting specific about what they would need you to do on day one. Those are good signs as well. And number five, the interview ran longer than expected. If they said it would be a 30-minute interview and you were there for an hour, you were probably on their short list. Otherwise, they wouldn't waste their time, just like you said. Okay, great. Trying to think about the last time we had an interview, I think it was when we came here to 91.5 B. I mean, was it? It kind of was an interview, but that did feel like just a conversation. Sure, it did. I had like three beers. It was great. <laughs> but by the end, <laughs> and they paid. <laughs> I kept getting that condescending look from Cat. Like, don't order no, another stop, one. Don't stop, order stop, another cut, one. Cut him off. Cut him off. Cut him off. Cut him off. Get it. Can't guarantee what's going to come out of your mouth if you have more than two. You know, yeah. I know the cutoff. I know you. <laughs> if you're on your way to an interview today or anytime soon, good luck to you. I don't know if this was too harsh or not, but it's a story about a guy. And again, it's from Florida. Man, Florida's just wild, isn't it? <laughs> yep. This guy had a whole bunch of people call the police on him. Because he was driving down the road with a light pole on the top of his car. You know the poles that we have on the side of the road? Yes. One of them fell over on a Tampa street on Monday. So this guy got out of his car and got that pole up on top of his car. A Toyota Camry, by the way. <laughs> oh, and started driving. So the calls to police were all very similar in nature. Yeah, there's a guy driving down the highway and he's got a pole that's like double the length of the car on his roof. It's not safe. So Florida Highway Patrol caught up with him. The driver told authorities that he found it a few miles back on Interstate 4. A highway maintenance worker went to go and repair the pole that had been knocked over, and it wasn't there now, so he reported it stolen. Oh, my well, gosh. obviously, it's not hard to find this pole. It's yeah. not exactly something you can conceal. And, and they must have wondered, who would even do this? So that man says he didn't realize it was illegal to remove a broken utility or light pole from the side of the road. Do you know what he got charged with? <laughs> what? Grand theft. <gasps> Whoa. He was arrested and held on $2,000 bond. Whoa. He did have somebody in the car who was not charged that helped him get the pole up on the roof of his vehicle. It's not even clear what he wanted it for. Maybe he thought he was just being a good citizen, or maybe he thought, cool, free pole. Yeah. I'm maybe, taking that. What are you going to do with that? <laughs> so many questions. What would you have done with it? <laughs> well, I mean, it's not as simple as... Okay, there's a pole there that's down, so I'm going to take it. I'll put it in my backyard and plug it in and have light as right. long as I want. No, it it's doesn't, not. No. Not a standard outlet. 
So I don't know what he was going to do with it. Chop it up? Chop it, yeah. Firewood? Sure. Hard to say. As it turns out, though, that's a pretty serious crime. You can't just steal a pole. Well, let it be known. You see one? See one down? Don't take it. Can I put forth one suggestion, though, that maybe the deputy should have considered? Mm Mm-hmm. There's a little thing that we all remember from when we were younger called Finders Keepers. (laughs) If you're a loser, weeper. And if it's on the ground, not attached to anything, and nobody's name is on it, maybe we can write this off as a simple (laughs) misunderstanding. Nice try. (laughs) Nice try. I wouldn't have known it was illegal to take that. I I wouldn't have known that the punishment would be possibly that harsh, too. Grand theft. Wow. cow. You won't believe this video I just watched. It's nuts. Guy in Florida was walking his new puppy near a pond. And I would think that if you live in Florida, you know enough to keep the wildlife away from the water because they have a lot of gators down there in Florida. Mm -hmm. So this guy was walking his little puppy. Boom. Alligator jumps out, steals his dog, takes it right back in the water with him. And most people would feel defeated at this point. They'd feel sad and defeated, like, oh my goodness, my new puppy is gone because I was walking it too close to a pond. This guy, and he's an older gentleman, he is badass. He went in the pond and wrestled the dog away from the gator. Wrestle that gator. Now, it wasn't a big gator. I'll be perfectly honest. It wasn't huge. But still, to go into a pond and wrestle your dog away from an alligator. And I think I know what you're going to, I think you know what I'm going to ask you next. Could you? Let's say you were walking little Leo by a pond in Florida. I know that would never happen. But let's say you were in a gator <laughs> That'd be the out. last place I'd walk Leo, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I mean, I'd like to think so. It's all circumstantial, though. I feel like in the moment, I'd have to figure out, is this the right, I, is this the right thing for me to do? Do I feel safe enough to do it? And, and sometimes when you get... When you get that anger of like, did you seriously just try to take my puppy? Oh, hell no. Like, if you catch me in that kind of a mood, like, not today, I would do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd punch it and I'd do all the things. Yes. Yes. I'm glad to hear you say that. Now, let me spin this around one more time. Let's say just randomly... There's an alligator in the Grand River, and you and I are walking (laughs) near the river, and a gator jumps out and grabs me. Are you coming to get me, or is this only a dog scenario? We are here to remember Scott Fox. The great... (laughs) Start planning. No, again, super (laughs) circumstantial. That is the weirdest... You you ain't taking my co-host, not today. What I will tell... Not today! Not today! Not today. And you know what? Weirder things have popped up in the grand. So you never know, everybody. You never know. There very well could be gators in there, and we just haven't seen (laughs) them yet. We don't know. We don't know. Let's say you've got two pounds worth of gold. (laughs) It's worth $60,000. And you're taking that gold from one country to another country. And you want to avoid paying the tax on that. How do you get the gold through <laughs> customs without anybody noticing? I know what kind of answer you're looking for. I well, don't know how people do those kinds of things. You've probably heard that there are some people out there who like to transport narcotics from one country to another. And there's a couple ways that they do that. Sometimes they swallow it. Sometimes they build a, a piece of clothing where they can hide it. Mm-hmm. All kinds of different ways. But gold is heavy. Yeah. 
how do you smuggle that in to another country to avoid paying an 18% tax on gold imports. Would you not just try to straight up put it in your suitcase uh, or have a few suitcases? Or is that too much of a red flag? Like- nope. It's too much of a red flag. Mm. So I'd like to introduce you to this man who is now in custody in India. He was traveling from Dubai and wanted to get around paying that 18% tax. So he did what most reasonable people would do. Nah, I'm kidding. I don't think most people would do this. He bent over and stuck the gold up his butt. Whoa, whoa. I mean, I figured it might happen, but you just came right out and said it. I could dance around it, but I figure... We're mm, all thinking it. We're we're all all thinking it, right? Thinking it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have a lot of cracks, crevices, and holes, and you'd be amazed how much can fit up some of the smallest ones. It doesn't mean you need to do it. You know, it doesn't mean you need to try it. 3.2 pounds that he was smuggling in the trunk. That's a a decent amount of weight to have stuffed up there. Now, you might be wondering, how did he get caught? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm wondering. I would have assumed it was some high-tech scanner that he walked through. Like, ooh, wait a second. Those look like gold bars in his butt. Let's let's give him a strip search. (laughs) Nope. It was actually just a very observant person at customs who noticed he was walking kind of funny uh-huh and we don't blame the guy for walking funny <laughs> How do you he walk? had 3.2 <laughs> pounds worth of gold in his butt if you walk normally with that i mean wow <laughs> what what do you do in your spare time yeah he's in a lot of trouble man this story it, it just hits you right in the feels and it all started on a tweet and i was reading through the replies and almost every single reply is somebody saying I'm crying because of this. We'll head to Massachusetts. His name is Matt Gibson. Matt just turned 21 years old. Here's the thing. Six years ago, his dad passed away of cancer. That's heartbreaking. It's already sad. I know. I know. But on his 21st birthday, his sister came over and handed him a $10 bill. Before dad passed away, he gave the sister that 10 bucks and said, give this to Matt on his 21st birthday so his first beer is on me. Oh, stop. So Matt put out this tweet honoring his father. Hey, here's me having my first legal beer and my dad bought it for me. Thanks to dad. Oh my gosh, stop. We've been through enough tears this morning. (laughs) Isn't that incredible? Uh, That's really, that's really, I mean, that's nice, sad, but uh, also nice at the same time. Well, what went through his mind when she handed him that $10 bill? And and by the way, even more has happened in this story, as I've learned. Budweiser saw the tweet, and their reply was incredible. This is from the official Budweiser account. Matt, we're raising one to your pops. He got your first beer. The next one's on us. And they sent him an absolute ton of Budweiser. Excuse <laughs> me, one? I'm assuming they sent more than one. Was it one, two, three, four, yeah. five, six, at least six cases of beer. Wow, that's great. <laughs> that's great. If you want to see the picture and read the series of tweets, I've got that incredible story up right now at scottandcat.ca. The CRTC has released its first report from a secret shopper program that they created. 
It was a major inquiry into how telecom providers treat us customers. And they found, okay, hear me out before you call fake news. Okay, all right. They found evidence of misleading or aggressive behavior. What? Against us customers. I feel like a king when I'm on the phone with Bell Mobility, personally. Did it I mean, seriously? I feel like you really care about me. You are, are sensitive to my needs, and I am obviously a valued customer to you. Did it seriously take a sec- secret shopper program in order for them to wake up as humans and realize we're being screwed, particularly in this country? It's weird because despite the thousands of regular Canadians that have complained over the years, they needed to hear it for themselves. They needed to create a secret shopper program to have these interactions with the wireless companies to figure out that, oh, yeah, turns out thousands of people can't be wrong. That's Uh, legit. Turns out they all suck. Yeah. Because we've all had that argument with each other, or I shouldn't even say argument. We all kind of agree that they all suck. But we've had those conversations, right? Uh, you're with this phone company. I'm with this phone company. I'm with this. What do you get? Oh, you get that? I get this. Why am I paying half of what you're paying? And you are you get the same thing as me. Ooh, you're getting screwed. But really, then you talk to another person. You're like, wait, you're paying less than me? What's the real cost of this here? And why are we getting so screwed? I mean, that's the main issue, I think. They say their program found evidence of misleading or aggressive behavior in 20% of interactions with sales staff for the six major wireless carriers. It says those who had disabilities or didn't use English or French as their first language Hmm. were more likely to experience problems. Okay, I don't know about anybody else. I don't know if you guys ever have these feelings, but whenever, and I thankfully I don't do it often because I, I picked the package that I want with my provider a while back and I thought it was okay and fair. Does anybody else though have that sinking feeling in their stomach before they get their first bill going... I'm going to get screwed. I'm going to look at that bill and they told me it was going to be this price and it's going to be like 50 bucks more. And then I'm going to have to call and be like, what is this price? It happens every time. Oh yeah, we'll make the correction on your next bill. How does it happen every time? Do you automatically just take 50 bucks for yourself? Just like, oh, let's see what happens when we take an extra 50, even though we told them it was going to be this much. I'm telling you, I've been with a few providers. They all do the same thing. Very much so. And what's really frustrating now is, you'll probably recall, it wasn't that long ago. You could sign up for a plan, and as long as you committed to a contract, you would get the phone for free. Remember those glory days? No more. In fact, if you go and decide today, I'd like to get me a cell phone. I don't want to be the only one in the world that doesn't have one. If you go and do that, You can build it, not even the newest phones, you can build that into your plan over two years, but you're really not getting anything for free anymore. Yeah, it's because they don't make you sign up for these long periods of time. You remember when it was like, okay, but you're stuck with us for uh, 17 years. (laughs) Congratulations, you'll be 90 by the time you're out of your contract, but here's your free phone. (laughs) It's a little bit different now where you do have the freedom to leave. That is the only plus, but you're still paying. You're still paying. And that's why I think people are holding on to their phones a little bit longer than they used to. I think so, too. Uh, Speaking of which, I know there are new iPhones coming out because my battery is dying quick and it is so slow. Uh, You're on, what are you, eight? I'm on an eight. Eight plus. Eight plus. 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 But two years ago, it was free. 
<laughs> hey, you still got it while it was free, so there's some points for you. I'm hanging on to this there free one for as long as I can. There you I go. can't even see the screen anymore, and it takes an hour <laughs> to open my email, but here I've, it was free. <laughs> that is so Scott. No, but it still works. Ready to talk about some shopping? Because it's December now, Kat. Yeah, let's let's talk about shopping. 61% will try and outgift someone this year. And it's one of the most stressful parts of the holidays. Finding the perfect gift. I think outgift, in case you're not familiar, is best described as okay, they always get me something good. I'm gonna get them something amazing this year. I'm gonna outgift them. I play that game with my uh, girlfriend a lot. She'll buy me something really nice and I'll think, oh my goodness, you're the sweetest. Now I gotta get you back. I gotta get you something even better. We outgift. And trying to find that perfect gift is a source of stress for one in five. Right. The next most stressful part of holiday shopping, trying to find something that's already sold out, like the PlayStation 5. Oh, this is all they want. I got to find it, but it's not available anywhere. And I don't want to pay $1,000 on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're not wrong. I'm glad you're absolutely not wrong on that one. Worrying that someone won't like what you got them yeah. is the third most stressful thing about the holidays. You know what my problem is? Is that I worry sometimes so much about that for those particular people where I'm unsure. I've bought... For example, okay, so dads, dads, you guys are hard to shop for. And you really, when you say, uh, get me whatever, you really do mean it. Because I've gone to great lengths to try to figure out the perfect, personalized, customized, awesome gift. And then I feel like if I would have got a thing of socks, he probably would have been just as happy. Dads are just so cool like that. They just, it's all good. Don't worry about it. So I feel like I overstress about buying the right thing and and wanting them to like it so much. That causes anxiety for me. One of the great things I think about most dads is it makes them happier when you spend less on them. Yeah. If a dad finds out that gift you got him was like 20 bucks, that makes him so happy. Okay, you didn't spend a lot on great. And I, awesome. I hate to throw this word out because I don't mean it in a negative way, but dads really are at the end of the day basic. What do they wear every day? What do they do every day? They'll like anything to do with that. One like, of the e- same easy. five outfits. Yeah, e- easy stuff. Like a shirt like that, I want the exact same shirt that I wear every single day. Get me one of those, but a new one. But that's basically that's basically where it's at with most dads. I'm in a V-neck phase right yeah, now. Yeah, you don't get me, me one of those. Any colors, fine. It's fine. Worrying it's something they won't use. Buying them something they already have. Worrying your gift won't adequately show how much you care about them. All sources of stress for the holidays. And I'm going to touch on two more because these are the worst. Being out for long periods of time shopping. You know, it seems like every year I have one or two of those days where it's like an all day event trying Mm -hmm. to get everything done. And I never do get everything done. So I don't know why I push myself. But yeah, I feel that stress. And I think this year it's going to be like that. Uh, I've been out for a while, and there's the COVID running around here in town. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't forget about that. Maybe I better stop and refresh my mask. (laughs) Get a new one on. Number 10 is Porch Pirates stealing your package. Oh, come on. Yeah. Listen, not now. We don't need your crap right now, Porch Pirates. You don't even know what's in that package. Leave it. You don't need any more stuff. Stop stealing. 
I'd love to catch somebody. I love when people set the traps. I don't know yep. if you've heard these. We, we've talked about these stories before. They're great. I've heard a few of them. Yeah, especially the, the, the offenders that continue at the same street over and over. Well, guess what? When you open this box, you're about to get a surprise. Yeah. Oh, it's a giant pile of poo. Great. Great. Good, good. <laughs> wow, that's looks like the inside of a litter box. Oh, oh, <laughs> gross. Can't believe I stole this and risked going to jail for it. You jerk. Carmel <laughs> uh, will get them back eventually. Happy shopping, everybody, and good luck out there. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.